elephants aren't known to have the best eyesight. They do, as you might guess, have a very keen sense of smell. And they are, however, famous for their impeccable memories. In fact, the matriarch elephant, that's the oldest, largest female elephant, not surprisingly, holds a store of social knowledge that her family can't do without. Perhaps stereotypical of women, these elephants remember those who brought them injury or pain, and they're known to hold a grudge. Forgive? Maybe. Forget? Never. These highly intelligent, big-brained creatures are often put on a similar pedestal as dolphins, chimpanzees, and even humans. Now, I can't speak for those other animals, but I can tell you that humans, we have a bit of a selective memory. I heard that this was the reason why women can bear having more than one child. Some of them say they selectively forget the pain from that first time. I'll just have to take their word for it. What I can speak about firsthand when it comes to this issue of pain and memory is that which comes with failure. Even when the failure happens over and over and over again. You love what you do. You see your goal and you want it so badly. So all those no's, the closed doors, the missed opportunities, well, they hurt like hell when they happen. But you do forget the pain as time goes by. Or at least, that's what I hear. I'm Kayana Ebony Brown, and this is a story of music and men. I learned very early on that my job overseeing the careers of musicians often blur the line between professional and parental. That evening, I made my way across town to check up on Lucas. For most people, the common cold was just a few irritating symptoms and maybe a good excuse to take off work or school. But Lucas, it was a matter of life and death. He rented a room in a house shared by I don't know how many people. So even though one of his roommates let me into the front door, I still found myself knocking on the entrance to his room. I heard the guitar stop and the shuffling of feet mixed with coughing coming toward the door before it opened, revealing a zombie-like version of my boy. Dressed in pajama bottoms, a t-shirt, and a robe, 
He made himself look even more pitiful once he saw me, perhaps to draw my sympathy. I feel like shit, Kenya. He coughed away from me and into his arm, and I covered the bottom half of my face with my coat so I wouldn't breathe in any residual germs. Oh, good afternoon to you too, I replied. You have a key for a reason, he said with slight irritation, having had to get up out of bed to open the door. Hey, I don't know what I might be walking in on, I said. He walked back over to the mattress on the floor and collapsed onto it, apparently where he'd been before I came in. The room was more like a little makeshift apartment. Unlike all of the other rooms in the house, this one did have its own bathroom and a little kitchenette, all within approximately a 300-foot space. The place was a mess. Clothes everywhere, loose papers all over the joint, food packages on the floor, actual food on the floor. Hey, have you read the ASCAP stuff I sent to you? I asked, already knowing the answer. The only thing to sit on was a milk crate, so I grabbed one, slid it close to him, and sat down, waiting for my answer. Oh, I've been writing and rehearsing all day. Man, I think I might have liver failure. So, no, you haven't read it. I concluded with a deep sigh, because here's the thing. Every biopic, biography, and unsung story about musicians have a common denominator— Ignorant artists who either didn't know or didn't bother to educate themselves about how their business should work. Now, ASCAP is what you would call a performance rights organization or a PRO. There are three significant ones in America. BMI and CSAC are the other two. Every artist, regardless of skill or professional level, should affiliate with one. When you hear a song on the radio or in a public place, that place is responsible for paying to use that music. That money is called royalties. A PRO's sole purpose is to appropriately collect these royalties for the copyright owners of music, which in Lucas's case would be Lucas because he writes all of his own stuff. The truth is, I had filed the papers for him months ago. <laughs> but he didn't know it. I still wanted him to go through the process. I didn't want stupid artists who would later question whether I had anything to do with their financial situation. If, of course, it was a bad situation. You hear me? I googled liver failure and I think I might have it. This was the most ridiculous assumption he could make. I reached over and used my thumb to lift his eyelid. Hey, hey. He yelled, backing away. I then lifted his shirt to see his chest. Does this hurt? I asked, pressing his chest. No, but stop. What are you doing? You don't have liver failure. How do you know? Well, because acute liver failure causes jaundice of the eyes and skin and tenderness of the chest. What? Why do you know that? Aside from my father working in healthcare, I asked rhetorically, which had nothing to do with me knowing about his health, but made for a good argument. It's my job to know when I have babies for artists who avoid exercise like the plague and won't eat what I tell them to eat. 
I picked up an empty fast food bag and tossed it at him. And don't read the performance rights organization stuff that they need to sign. Uh, aren't you supposed to do this kind of stuff for You me? should still know what it is, Lucas. He rolled his eyes as if to say that I was annoying him. But I went on. You want your music on the radio, right? On TV, clubs, bars, DJs everywhere. Well, who do you think is going to make sure you get paid when all that happens? Any worthwhile musician is with one of these organizations. We have to choose one for you, all right? Now, I can do it, but I want you to be a part of the process. And I want to get it done today, so stop trying to diagnose yourself and get to it. Your immune system is just depleted, okay? Oh, do you think I need to go to the emergency room? He asked, more concerned with that than anything I just said. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I am not sitting around there all day just to have a doctor prescribe rest, vitamin C, and some soup, okay? I stood up. <gasps> You're leaving? No, you can't go. Can you please? Lucas. Can you please? You just got here. As I looked down into those watery puppy dog eyes, in that very moment... It became clear to me, even though I wasn't a parent, I still had a baby. <sighs> I'll be back later. I promise, okay? Meanwhile, it had been nearly two weeks since the Kennedy Center event and TK still had not gotten that rapping teacher out of her head. It wasn't that the guy couldn't rap. He actually wasn't even that bad. It was, however, the fact that he was well into his 50s. Something about that just didn't seem right to TK. And she wondered if, in 40 years, that might be her. Teacher of the year who, oh, by the way, could also rap. She was consumed by all of this mentally while physically surrounded by the obnoxious sound of rowdy teenagers during her fourth period class, who should have been completing an end-of-the-semester final. Instead... They had become rambunctious, and she hadn't even noticed. She was staring blankly past the kids and into the back of the room where, on the wall, was a large picture of a matriarch elephant taken by her wife during a recent trip to East Africa. She remembered the tour guide telling them that this elephant was nearly 70 years old and how much she'd walked in her lifetime. The only thing TK could think about right now was whether that elephant ever figured out where she was going. She looked up and saw the girl who was complaining, but she didn't respond. She couldn't. Instead, she just sat there contemplating the question, when do you stop? 
When do you finally admit to yourself that you're too old to be a rapper and just stop? And right then, her trance was broken by the sound of the bell indicating the end of the period. So, as the lunch break was coming to a close, Principal Marks found herself sitting behind her desk, staring at a typed letter instead of at that tuna sandwich that was getting warm as the smell consumed the room. A box filled with miscellaneous items took one of the chairs opposite the desk in front of her. The other chair was vacant because her world history teacher, Miss Kamala Tajiri Rahman, preferred to stand during what she hoped would be a brief meeting. Principal Marks folded the letter back down like it was when she received it, took off her glasses, but did not look up to make eye contact with TK. Instead, she kept her eyes on her desk as she said, Kamala, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. She looked at the letter again, and then she looked up at TK for the first time since she'd started reading. I'm going to let you go back to your classroom, put your things back on your desk and back on the shelves. And then I want you to go home, hug your son, kiss your wife, eat the dinner she makes, drink the water she pours. Maybe you even make love to her tonight. Take yourself a nice hot shower. And you come in here tomorrow morning, ready to educate these kids. And at the end of this month, and the end of next month, and the month after that, you're going to pay your rent, your electric, gas, water, and telephone bills. You're going to buy food, the fresh kind, not boxed or processed. You're going to take your family out someplace and have a very, very nice time. You're even going to have a little money to put into that uh, music thing you like doing. But the reality is, teaching world history enables all that. It enables it because it is a job. It allows you to live and to eat and to take care of your responsibilities as a spouse and a parent. Rapping, she said, as if this was something utterly ridiculous. It does not do that. TK dropped her head considering what she just heard. Principal Marks was someone she admired. She looked up to her, in fact. She herself was a poet, and she had spent many a lunch hour with TK talking about the art form and its influence on the culture. Not just the hip-hop culture, but the American culture. Principal Marks was the person who had given TK her first job out of college and even hired her again here at this school. 
She thought TK was very bright and could someday be where she was if she just stayed focused. So tonight, when your wife asks you how your day was, you tell her whatever you tell her every other night. And believe me, you'll rest assured that when you flip that light switch, that bulb inside is gonna flare up. Because the favor I'm giving you right now is the chance to walk out of here as if none of this ever happened. She pointed that folded piece of paper at TK, who stared at it for a moment before reaching out and reluctantly taking it. She then picked up that box full of her teacher stuff, turned, and left the office. Principal Marks took a very deep breath considering the bullet she'd just dodged and the good deed she felt she'd just done. And then she looked over at that sandwich that was looking right back at her and she finally picked it up and went to town on it before she could unexpectedly be interrupted again. But TK left pondering a whole new question. And at an open mic that night, she tested out a new poem about this question. It was called, When Do You Start? episode of of music and men was written and produced by me kayana music for this episode was provided by filmstro arranged and designed for this episode by yours truly now this episode also featured music by mona wanderlick it's a newer track called kids and it's a download actually so you can go into your show notes and get the download or link to the download for that track from Mona Wanderlich. And then we also ended the show with a track by Legang. It's called I'm Up in the Clouds. Legang always comes with some great stuff. So happy to play that. Happy to give you the links and all of that to Legang's music because you definitely need to check it out. Very versatile producer. And then for our word of inspiration, it's a track called Horizons by Scott Buckley. And again, all of these songs are linked up in our show notes, in our credits. You can get them. For more information on these artists, I would definitely advise you to support their efforts. Visit our show notes in your podcast app or go to ofmusicandmen.com and select this episode. Uh, If you would like to have your music featured on the show, if you're an artist and you want that to happen, check out our website for more information on how you can submit. And another cool thing is if you are an artist, a new artist starting out and don't know about it, we talked about performance rights organizations in this episode. I have a video uh, about that that's linked up. It's not me. It's a video of someone who's a lot more articulate when it comes to talking about PROs. It gives you some more information about the, I won't say pros and cons, but just the differences between the three different PROs. So check that out. It's in our show notes. uh, And I hope that serves as a resource for you if you are an artist or just someone who wants more info. 
Now, of course, by now, you know, or you should know, that Of Music and Men is so much more than just a podcast. Not that anything is wrong with just being a podcast, but we've been at this for a minute, and it's a lot more than just a podcast. (laughs) The novella series is available in online bookstores. Episode 2 of the novella series is coming out very, very soon. Check out our website for more updates and info on that. If you wish to have yourself a physical copy of the book, you can get that on our website at ofmusicandmen.com, where you can also get t-shirts and other cool merch. Don't forget to subscribe at Apple, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you prefer to listen to your podcasts. And remember to rate and review. That really helps, like, a whole lot. I used to hear people say it helps, and I didn't know until I started podcasting myself. It definitely does help. Lastly, connect with us on Patreon. This is super important. Probably should have mentioned this first, but didn't. But connect with us on Patreon where you can become a part of this journey and help this project to grow to everything that it was meant to be. Make sure to share this some way, somehow with at least one of your friends, at least one. And follow Of Music and Men everywhere online at Of Music and Men. And when you do, please don't hesitate to reach out. Artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type. We face lots of rejection, almost too often for comfort. So, whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you're simply just here to hear a great story, I want to always give you something to ponder until the next time. Today's word is from Robert Kiyosaki. It's not what you say out of your mouth that determines your life. It's what you whisper to yourself that has the most power. Oftentimes, I think we underestimate or simply have no knowledge of how powerful our minds really are. There's so much in our lives that, you know, to be quite honest, it's our fault. And it's a lot we can control if we take the time to control our minds. And I suggest reading up some more on that. I believe that we simply don't know and have not been taught what exactly we are as creators. We accept that we are creations, but we don't know that we are creators. Everything that we are, everything that we have, everything that we believe starts in our minds. It starts there. So it is true that we must be mindful of what we tell ourselves about ourselves Because it is true that words are super powerful, so please be mindful of the words you use, especially when it comes to yourself.